0: i'm back valley family great to uh be in the flesh through online campus uh thank you so much from the bottom of my heart and Susie's and uh michaela's as well for all of your prayers Uh, meant so much to us uh you know what was supposed to be a 10-day vacation down at disney for the family ended up being 14-day quarantine with covid but uh thankfully our uh, symptoms were very, very mild, and uh, we, we we're out of quarantine now, feeling really, really well, and uh, couldn't have done it without your prayers and, and your support. So thank you so much uh, from the bottom of our hearts. want a big, big shout-out to Pastor Stephen Francis that held things down for those two weeks while we were online campus only, and uh, also, I just hope you've had a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh It's a different one obviously and uh things will get back to kind of like normal uh before too long but I hope you've had a great thanksgiving i know i have had so much to be thankful for uh especially my health and uh, the health of my family and and so many friends i do have friends i know still right now that are really really struggling um one that high school friend has been in the hospital for over a month now uh, with COVID, and so uh, we just need to continue to pray, and, and I think that this message series has been incredibly timely, and uh, today's the finale as we talk about faith over fear uh, in, in this final week. I want to talk about everyday faith, everyday faith, and, and I think I've got something to say about it, uh, especially coming out of the last two weeks and uh, of, of COVID, myself, uh, with my family. And so most of this message is going to come from uh, the fourth chapter in the book of Philippians, which, just to give you the background of that, uh, Paul is writing to the church of Philippi, to Christians, and he's in prison at this time. He'd hoped to go to Rome and to preach, and that there would be a huge you know, revival, uh, and, and so many would turn to faith in Christ But instead, he's imprisoned, and uh, he's writing to churches. And this is one of the churches, the letters that he writes to the Church of Philippi. What's unique about it is it's it's a church that uh, this letter, this epistle of Paul, has no correction really in it. It's just all real positive and affirming. And and he really talks a lot about the importance of faith over fear. uses a different word than fear. We'll get to it in a minute. Here in Philippians chapter 4. So I thought this would just be perfect, especially on this Thanksgiving sunday this thanksgiving weekend uh that we're in the middle of so if you have uh electronic device around you can just go ahead and go to our website follow along with my notes that are there for you and uh, you can add some of your own to as you listen and uh if if uh you'd like to, you can email them back to yourself, and uh, you'll have those forever. So starting out here, let's start at the beginning of the chapter, actually. Philippians chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Therefore, my dear brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. In times of testing, in times of difficulty, in times of pandemic, in times of political uncertainty and unrest and, and cultural upheaval, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. And you know what? I I would say this to you, Valley family. You are my joy. And, And the hardest thing about this pandemic has been how little I've been able to see you. And how little you've been able to see me. And we're thankful we're open again for in-person services. And uh, we just invite you to come. We're making room for you. Uh, And we'll just keep on adding services as we need to. Uh, but, But that's been the hardest thing, I think, because it's just not the same. We're thankful for this tool, Online Campus, but it's just not the same. As when, you know, Jesus said, when two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst. And that doesn't mean a family turning on an online campus. That means when, when for the express purpose, people get together to glorify Jesus Christ and lift him up. There's a different dynamic. And, and I've missed that. i missed that this last two weeks while I was just watching online campus. And, and, and I, I miss that, just the whole Valley family, where we're gathering together. We leave our homes, and we come together for the purpose of putting Jesus first in our week. And, and, and so I can relate to this, stay true to the Lord, I love you, and I long to see you. See, this was the heart of, of Paul. He, he was an apostle, and sometimes we think he's kind of like this hard-nosed character, but he had this huge heart of love for the people that he served, and I feel that. I, I, I think my heart, you know, maybe I don't think I was the Grinch, but, but kind of like that old Christmas story, like just grew, boom, 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 you know, during this pandemic time. Just love you more than I've ever loved you before, Valley family, for you're my joy, And the crown that i receive for my work and you know what it doesn't even feel like work most of the time uh because it really is joy so i can really really uh relate to this and and you know one of the things that brings me so much joy is is valley family you are so unique and that you are so selfless and 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 not selfish a great example of this is even uh you know our 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 spread hope day we we had this plan and we had so many volunteers every single position filled uh, like 75 people that were going to come out and help and and because just being safe we wanted to be covid safe and so uh we we had to cancel the the volunteer part but our partnership with flores food trucks still incredibly strong and because of Your generosity, Valley Family, I was able to call, Austin and I talked about a strategy, how we could still spread hope on Spread Hope Day without the volunteers being put at risk. And so he did it with his crew because of your generosity, Valley Family, and the partnership, because you're so selfless and always thinking of others, even in times of pandemic and and difficulty and crisis. Because of our partnership with Flores Food Truck, look what you did, Valley Family, Spread Hope Day went on, without the volunteers, just using the Flores food truck crew, because of your generosity, packed 350 bags of groceries. This is just like, even, not even a half, this is like, just like, I don't know, 15% of all the bags of groceries, 350 bags of groceries, and prepared 300 Thanksgiving meals for people at Hudson River Housing. You did that, Valley Family, even in the middle of difficulty and crisis and pandemic, and when it's easy to fear, instead, you've put faith over fear, and you've really shown the love of Jesus Christ to over 600 people, 650 people between 300 Thanksgiving meals and 350 bags of groceries that were packed because of your ongoing support and generosity, Valley Family. We're going to have other Spread Hope days. We'll be able to do that again. We're going to plan that on a regular basis, probably quarterly basis coming up in 2021. But I just want to tell you how proud I am of you. And really, you are my joy. And uh, I love you and I long to see you, those of you who are joining us on online campus. And so as we talk about, we finish off this series today called Faith Over Fear. I want to look at some faith killers, some, some real common, everyday faith killers. Because if we're going to have everyday faith, we need to know what some faith killers are that will allow fear and anxiety and worry to come in instead of walking in faith. And, and so look at it, Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. We'll just look at the first part of the verse, and we'll go back to it in a little bit later in the message. But Philippians chapter 4, verse 6, the first part says, Do not be anxious about anything. But in everything, so, so don't be anxious about anything at all, but in every situation, and then it's going to give us a real practical remedy to fear. But let's look at these faith killers real quick, because this word anxious is kind of interesting. It, it really means to be between two things, or to be torn apart, or to be pulled in two different directions. So what anxiety means, do not be anxious. What, what anxiety means is really uh, to be halfway between faith and fear, pulled halfway between faith and fear. And I think there's three things primarily that really are faith killers that cause us to be anxious. First of all, our worry. We get real anxious. We get worried. And uh, we get worried about our health. The top worries, you know, that people have. I heard a recent survey study, it said uh, about our health, personal health. Uh, we get worried about our family. We get worried about our economy, whether that's a national economy or, or, or the business that we're a part of or, or maybe even our personal finances. People, the fourth leading number one, fourth top four worry is, is toilet paper. No, I'm just kidding. It's not. Stop that. You don't need to hoard it. Uh, it it's terrorism actually still. So, so those are the top four. Worries about health and family, economy and terrorism. It's interesting the root word worry that we use in English comes from the Anglo-Saxon word, and it literally means to strangle. To strangle. Our worries strangle life out of us. Our worries strangle us physically. They strangle us emotionally. They strangle us mentally. They strangle us spiritually. I've never heard anyone say, you know, that situation would have turned out a lot worse if I had not worried as much as I did. That's what made the difference. Because I worried so much, it was so much better. It doesn't happen. Worry is a faith killer. In fact, just this week, one on uh, version app of the Bible, uh, one of the verses that was the verse of the day, and I was like, I've got to put this in here, Proverbs 12, 25 says, worry weighs a person down, an encouraging word cheers a person up. And, and you know, I'm not immune to this, it's really easy to worry, it's really easy to worry when you, when you get that test result back, yeah, you've got COVID, oh no, what's going to happen? Or, or your child, you know, ha- has COVID, what, what's going to happen? It's really easy to, to worry that there's always something to worry about, and, and I'm not immune to it. I'm thankful that, that I have relationships that are encouraging people. And encouraging words cheers a person up that, that have been able to just speak encouraging words, and that just helps to cover over the worry. Because worry is a faith killer. So our worry is a faith killer. Here's the second one. Our why? Our wise? You know why is this happening why is this you know not done why is this continuing why 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 and so many times we have these why questions and and, and we have to be real careful about those I think because if some of those answers to the why questions of life those big questions sometimes they're not easy and and sometimes they're just not gonna come And, and so it's real easy our why questions that we can get frustrated and, and we can turn that towards God, and, and we, we like why doesn't He care? And, and some questions like that that just really aren't right, and they, they really will hurt us and harm us spiritually, it's a faith killer. Our why questions, and we get angry at God sometimes when we don't have immediate answers. And there's some things we're just not ever going to understand. And so our whys can really be faith killers. And then the last one is really our who. And you probably have a who. These are people in your life that create anxiety, you know. Uh, These are, maybe it was at Thanksgiving dinner, you know, some family that came that you don't see that often. Uh, Maybe it's someone on the job, you know, these are like the Darth Vader of your life. You know, they walk in the room, it's like... (laughs) Dun, 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 dun. You know, those, like those people, the who, there are certain people that just, you know, you spend a little time with them, like they just give you anxiety. They just stress you out. They just make you worry. See, the causes of anxiety are here to stay, but Jesus gave us promise to believe in. You know, just as soon as one worry is remedied, can I put it this way, there's always going to be reason to worry. There's always going to be things that are going to cause us to choose, to to, to have the temptation to be afraid. Those aren't going away. Those Just change uh, one for another. They're, they're, They're here to stay. But Jesus gave us this promise in John chapter 16, verse 33. He says, I have told you these things so that in me you will have peace. In this world, you'll have trouble. There will always be something to worry about. There will always be something to have anxiety about. But take heart, I've overcome the world. I just, I just want to be straight. I don't know how people live without Jesus. I, I don't know how people just survive this life without Jesus. Because he's the one that gives us the grace Because he's overcome. I don't don't know what in the world, I would have lost my mind a long time ago if it wasn't for Jesus. Because in this world, he said, you're going to have trouble. There is going to be stuff always grabbing your attention that wants you to worry and wants you to be anxious. But take heart. Jesus promised, I've overcome the world. And we can overcome the world faith over fear with Jesus Christ. When our faith, when our trust is in Him. In fact, He warned us of it. Look at Luke chapter 12. He's trying to teach the disciples. We've looked at this before. Then Jesus said to His disciples, Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life. Don't worry. Don't worry. Someone needs to just hear this right now. Jesus said, don't worry. Just stop it. Stop it. Stop, 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 stop. Don't worry. Don't worry about your life, what you'll eat, or about your body, what you'll wear. For life is more than food and the body more than clothes. It goes on and he says, Consider the ravens. They do not sow a reap. They have no storeroom or barn, yet God feeds them. And how much more valuable you are than birds. You're so much more valuable to God than a bird. And he places value even on the bird. You're so much more valuable than a bird. Who of you, by worrying, can add one single hour to your life? None of us can. Not one of us ever benefits from worry. It never makes a situation better. In football coaching, we always say this, don't make a bad play worse. There's going to be some bad plays. There's going to be some bad circumstances and situations. They're going to happen in this life. Don't make it worse by worrying. Don't make a bad play worse. Jesus says, stop worrying. Don't worry. But the reality is, you and I have a choice. You and I have a choice. And, and, and it's important that we understand it's a decision, really, that we make. So, so back to Philippians chapter 4, look at verse 10. How I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. Paul, remember, he's in prison. This is not the way he thought it was going to go. This is, this is not what he thought was going to happen. He thought he was going to preach, and instead he's in prison. And they didn't have cable TV either. This is a dirty, dark, damp Roman prison. I mean, this is a horrific situation he's in. And he says, how I praise the Lord that you're concerned about me again. I know you've always been concerned for me but you didn't have a chance to help me, and, and again, just as, this is why I landed here in Philippians chapter four for this last week. I just cannot even thank you enough, Valley family, for all the care, all the concern. I mean, this last Saturday was my birthday. Doorbell ring, people dropping off meals delivered. I mean, just goody. Just we have felt so loved. And so cared for. And if I talk about it too much, I'm going to get all choked up because I'm starting to be a softie now that I'm 53. It's the new Greg. But, but we felt that concern from you. And we just thank you so much. And, and Paul was feeling that concern. And, and they didn't have a chance to help. Not that I was ever in need. He says, for I've learned. Now look, he says, I've learned. This isn't natural. I've learned how to be content with whatever I have, you know I had a quarantine birthday i i i I didn 't know what to expect, and uh the reality is uh it was a really great birthday, really great birthday it was It was a much better birthday for me than say when I was in fifth grade and uh, I got a Dallas cowboy football jacket and a Dallas Cowboy scarf. I'll never forget it, man, and a Dallas Cowboy knit hat. And I got on the school bus in fifth grade, and I'm on the bus. And this guy who lived in my neighborhood, he leans over, and he goes, hey, I heard it's your birthday. I was like, yeah, it is. He's like, happy birthday. And he punched me right in the face. My nose burst, started bleeding all over my brand new jacket. His brother was on the bus in sixth grade. Shoved him aside said, why'd you do that? Grab the scarf, stop the bleeding with the scarf. It was ruined. had to throw that out, and I st- my mom never was able to get the, all that blood out of my Dallas Cowboy jacket. Uh, my birthday was so much better than that this past Saturday. In fact, it was light years ahead. It was one of the most memorable ones, and, and it was a very special birthday. And so I thank you for that. That... that I had to learn even to be content, and you know what? I didn't have many expectations, and yet it was just a great day. This, this idea of contentment, no matter where we are, is something that we have to learn. Good times, bad times. Victories, defeats. defeat. Pandemic, health. Paul goes on and he says, I know how to live on almost nothing or with everything. I have learned, there it is again, I've learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. And so it's a decision that we have to make. It's a decision that Paul made. And and so you and I, we need to make the faith decision every day. Make the faith decision every day. Today I choose faith over fear. Even, Even when I'm fatigued, even when I'm just like exhausted, Even when I'm COVID-19 positive. Even when the bank account's thin. Even when uncertainty is all that I see in the future. I choose faith over fear. So the rest of the time in this message, I just want to talk about everyday faith. From this, Philippians chapter 4. Because Paul does a great job of just spelling it out. For for the church of Philippi, 2,000 years ago, and for you and I. Right here, Thanksgiving weekend, 2020. So here's the first thing we need to do. If we're going to have everyday faith, we need to pray about everything. Everything. Pray about everything. Look, back to Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. Let's just read the whole thing now. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. By prayer and petition. What is prayer? Prayer means just addressing it to God. That's like, God, this is what I need. This, I'm asking for your help. That's what prayer is, just making a statement and addressing it to God. By petition. What is, what is petition? Uh, peti- petition is humble and seer request. God, I'm just asking you. You know, for me, God, just, just heal my body. Lord, just 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 give me health. Restore my body. Touch my body. Just just curse this, this, this COVID-19 virus. In Jesus' name, praying for other people. A petition's a humble and sincere request. And, and then it says, with thanksgiving. And, and that's by by faith, I thank you in advance. By faith, I, I thank you in, in advance. Prayer, address it to God. Petition humbly, God, this is what I'm asking. Thanksgiving, God, I thank you in advance. Present your request to God. And then it goes on and says, and the peace of God. See, when we, when we offer prayer and petition and thanksgiving, it's Thanksgiving weekend, y'all. You can be thankful. When we offer prayer, petition, and thanksgiving, do you know what happens, what, what God does? We receive peace. The peace of God comes into our life. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, how can you be so peaceful about that? Why are you not worried? Because when we pray, when we give a petition, and when we thank God in advance, the peace of God that transcends all understanding guards our hearts and our minds in Christ Jesus. That's faith over fear. Everyday faith, pray about everything. See, the reality is this. Prayer should be our first response, not our last resort. Prayer should be, your are my first response, not our last resort. Not like, okay, I've tried everything else, why don't I pray? It should be our first response. The reality when it comes to prayer is this, and I put it in your notes. When I need what I need more than the result of my prayer is the peace of knowing that God is working. That's what I need more than, more than God just do what I'm asking. I just need to have that confidence. I'm, I've prayed, and God, I know you're working. Our whole Christmas series that we're kicking off next weekend, and, and I just want to invite you to come, it's going to be fantastic. We're going to be talking about waiting here for you. What God does while we wait. Just like 2,000 years ago, Mary and Joseph were waiting. The shepherds didn't even know it. The world, the wise men, were waiting. And God was working while they waited. And that's our series that we're starting next week about Christmas and. invite you to be a part of that. But what I need more than the result of my prayers is the peace of knowing that God is working even while we're waiting. So everyday faith, pray about everything. Here's the second thing. Think about the right things. It is so important that our focus and our attention is on the right things. And I think we have this choice that you and I have to make this every day. Faith over fear. Am I going to, can I put it this way? Just be real honest. Am I going to just spend so much time listening to the news? Or am I going to spend time every day reading God's word? This will give you faith. That will give you fear. The choice is ours. We we have got to think about the right things. And, and This next passage, I've talked about this before. This is like refrigerator material. My mom used to always, she'd have index cards, and she'd write Bible verses on index cards, and she had these little ladybug magnets. I can still see them to this day. She'd put them on our refrigerator door. So every time we're going in there to get something to drink, you know, or some snack or something, we'd see these verses all the time. And this is one she used to always call the Philippians 4.8 filter and and goes on into Philippians 4.8.9. But look at what it says. Finally, brothers, this is everything we should think about should be filtered through this finally brothers and sisters whatever is true whatever is noble whatever is right whatever is pure whatever is lovely what whatever is admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy think about such things See, the reality is we cannot have faith if we're thinking about the wrong things. If the wrong things have our focus, we will have fear and not faith. So, so my mom used to always call this, and I call this, the Philippians 4.8 filter. We should filter our thoughts every day through whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, that's where our focus should be. And do you know what we'll have, no matter what the circumstances is, because there's always going to be opportunity to worry about something, we're going to have faith instead of fear. But it goes on into verse 9, and it says, whatever you have learned or received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice and the God of peace will be with you. Paul is saying, I'm not telling you to do something that you haven't already seen and witnessed firsthand me do. You practice. You follow my example. You filter your thoughts and your focus through this Philippians 4.8 filter of great things that we should focus in on in our thoughts. And you know what's going to happen? God's peace will be with you. How are your thoughts? You, you know, if, if, if you're just dwelling on all the bad news, <laughs> if you're dwelling on all the fear, you're, you're dwelling, in, dwelling on all the conspiracy theories. You're you're watching every night, you know, a hundred people getting killed in a movie. You're not going to have faith. You're going to have fear. What are you dwelling on? Where are your thoughts? Where's your focus? The peace of God will be with us. Could we just go back to that previous slide, the first verse? First part of this, the peace of God is with us when we focus on whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. When we think of those things, next slide, the peace of God will be with us. But it is your choice. I can't do it for you. And you can't do it for me. I can can teach it. I can preach it. But it's an everyday choice you've got to make. It's an everyday choice that I have to make. We need to think about the right things. Everyday faith, we need to pray about everything. We need to think about the right things. And here's the third thing. We need to trust God in all things. We need to trust God in all things. Philippians chapter 4, verse 12. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret, there it is again, talking about learning, of being content in every situation, whether well-fed, hungry, whether living in plenty or in want, goes on and says, I can do everything through him who gives me strength. Man, that is, uh, you know, I'm sure you've heard that verse before. If you've like, been to church any amount of time, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's what that verse is. I can do everything through God who gives me strength. Through him who gives me strength. But the whole idea is this. That means I can have faith in any situation. I can have God's peace regardless of the prognosis or the diagnosis or the test results. I can have peace. That's what it means. It it doesn't mean I can be an NFL Hall of Fame quarterback. That's not what that means. The whole context is contentment. That I can be at peace with a lot and blessings and health and wealth or sickness, uncertainty, and poverty. I can do everything through him who gives me strength, and he gives me peace. See, anxiety marks the spot where we're mistrusting God. Worry, anxiety, fear marks the spot where we're mistrusting God. It didn't say distrusting, mistrusting. That means our trust is in the wrong place. It's not that we don't trust God, but we're allowing too much fear in. We're mistrusting. We're not trusting God as well as we should, as well as we could. We're not making that decisive, stake-in-the-ground decision. I trust you, God, no matter what. I put my trust in you. Anxiety marks the spot where we're mistrusting God. And so it's all too easy to just give in to the temptation, make the decision to give in to the temptation. Oh, I'm always just going to be average. Oh, I'm always going to struggle with blank. I'm always going to live in fear. I, I'm never going to get ahead in my finances. But the truth of Scripture is, instead of looking at all these things that to be fearful of and anxious about, Romans 8.31 says, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? And for some of us, we just need to embrace that truth, that promise. God is for you so we don't have to worry. We don't have to be afraid. I, I tell you when, you, when you're leaning out the car door and getting that big old Q-tip swapped up in your nose, waiting for test results to come back, not sure what kind of symptoms you're going to have, that's a real opportunity. When you start feeling things coming on, those symptoms like I did, COVID, You know the numbers, you've heard the statistics. That's a real fork in the road. Am I going to choose to trust in God and look in faith, choose faith, walk in faith, or am I going to choose fear and worry and anxiety? I'm not standing here saying today that I am God's mighty man of faith and power. Every moment of my life, that's not who I am and that's not what I'm saying. I am saying I've learned over these last two weeks a little bit more than previously. And, And I'm thankful and I'm grateful to God because my trust is in Him. My heart is grateful and full of gratitude for you, Valley family, just that I'm able to do this again, just after two weeks. Anxiety marks the spot where we're mistrusting God. Our trust isn't in the right place. If God is for us, who can be against us? Let me end this message series now, Faith Over Fear, with the ending of the book of Philippians because I think sometimes we read these things and we just gloss right over it. and We don't realize how significant some of these statements are that Paul makes. In Philippians chapter 4, verse 21, it says, Greet all the saints in Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send greetings. So he wasn't even alone. There were those that were coming and visiting him. Also that were in prison probably with him in different parts. All the saints send you greetings. Especially those, watch this now. Who belonged to Caesar's household. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. You see, Paul had a plan. The Bible says man makes a plan, but God directs their steps. Paul had a plan. He wanted to go and preach to Rome. Instead, he was in a Roman prison. But as a result of being imprisoned, some in Caesar's household, because he appeared before Caesar and he preached, some in caesar's own household put their trust in jesus christ and history says within two generations the roman empire completely did a 180 and that christianity became the official faith of the roman empire but paul two generations before is in prison but because he's in prison Many in Caesar's own household, powerful and influential people began to receive Jesus Christ as a Savior just in a matter of years after Jesus' resurrection and his ascension. See, God knew what he was doing. God knew what he was doing even better than Paul knew what he was doing. God knew Paul wanted to go to Rome and God knew, no, you're going to go to prison because that's where you'll get the opportunity to declare your faith in Jesus Christ and that they'll see your faith and not your fear. See in the end, faith in God always wins. It always wins. If if it doesn't win, if we don't see that tangible win in our own lifetime, it's in the life to come. You can't ever go wrong putting faith in God instead of fear. That's how you live everyday faith. Right now, I'm just going to ask you, would you bow your heads with me? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you for your word that's so practical that, that even in the midst of physical crisis, economic crisis, cultural crisis, spiritual crisis, that we can have faith over fear. And Lord, I just pray for every single person in the hearing my voice right now on this online campus, Lord, that they would choose, make the choice every day to put faith over fear. Faith in you and in your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Lord, remind us to choose faith in you to trust you every single day. Lord, that we would pray about everything, that we would think about the right things, and we would trust you in all things. Right now, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed, I want to give you an opportunity, if you've never prayed to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior, to put your faith in him for the first time. The Bible says that if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. And so right now, I just want to lead you in a prayer that you can repeat after me and receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior today. That's why he came and lived a sinless life, and he laid that life down on the cross as a sacrifice for you and for me, a substitute, he took our place. And he rose again three days later so that we could receive forgiveness of sins and have a growing daily relationship and walk of faith with him. So if you've never done that before, I just invite you to repeat this prayer after me right now. Heavenly Father, forgive me of my sins. I turn from my sin today. Jesus, thank you for living for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for rising from the dead for me. Jesus, I ask you to lead me, guide me, direct me by your Holy Spirit from this day forward. And I will follow you. Amen. Amen. Love you, Valley family.